Can you hear that, Randy? Penis. My name is Jesse fucking Glanz. This is my best friend in the fucking world right here, Andrew Smith. When you fucking quit drinking and then you slowly allow yourself to come back into it, the story never ends. I don't want to like mess up and fuck shit up long term because I think I'm this different person. We are the dumbest guys in the room. Oh my God, they are really serious about partying. <clears throat> Before we get going, let's let's get the and I, I will always love you. <laughs> we nailed it before. We're not recording yet. It's all good. Come on, baby. All right, again, we, again. Got it, we got it. We got it. We got it. This is this is the warm. But it was warm. it was beautiful though. Okay. It was good. <laughs> We're actually not bad at. <laughs> all right. All right. <clears throat> Serious. I'm on the shit. And, uh... <laughs> it's so much preamble. It's so much preamble before let's. Okay. I'm done. This I, got isn't, it, I got it. We got it. Look, I got it. I got it. All right. All right. I'm, I'm just close. <laughs> you can see me like getting ready. He's like, all right. <laughs> this is so dumb. <laughs> Vocal warm up. <laughs> <laughs> God, that's gonna. God, this poor fucking guy. He's got a. What do you say? Your kid's graduating from prison? <laughs> Whoa, wow. Racist much? Randy's a black guy. I thought we should, we should change Randy's race. Why did you? Yeah, we every, change it every time. <laughs> every podcast, Randy's gonna be a different race. Oh, God. He's like, my son's graduating from prison. <laughs> Is that not what he said? <laughs> all right, all right. I'm ready now. Yep. <clears throat> Bodyguard. And I, I will always love you. Will always. Oh, what part are we starting at? Never mind. It's good enough. It's good enough. Fuck it. We'll do it live. My name is Jesse fucking Glanz. This is my best friend in the fucking world right here, Andrew Smith. And together we are. The dumbest guys in the room. We are trying to do a, vo a fucking vocal warm up. Believe it or not, we nailed it about twice. Yeah, but we Randy nailed it about twice. Fucking recording. Randy. Shit. Hey, <laughs> I just love yelling your name, buddy. <laughs> Randy's an Indian guy, by the way. Is that what that is? Yeah. Canceled immediately. <laughs> five seconds. They <laughs> <laughs> just call him a that. Damn, bro, what's going on? It's crazy. Did I just call him a that? That's yeah, not what I meant. I don't, I don't know what anything is anymore. I don't know what's what. Oh, How's it going, Jeff? <sighs> Total um, fucking dog shit, man. We're in hell. But that's okay. <laughs> God damn. Today is uh today is gonna be a real one, dude. We're gonna get some uh gonna get some weird shit out there today. But uh yeah, these past few days for me have been um been pretty fucking dark. 
but I don't know if we want to jump right into that. You got anything you want to jump right into? I am a little hungry, actually. So. Oh, yeah? yeah? What you got in the bag there? Oh, I already know it's in that fucking bag. Jesus Christ. Is that a whole fucking... You got in it? <laughs> He's not even going to lay out a plate. <laughs> He's going to eat it right out of the bag. That's really funny, though, that you um, mentioned that because um, I stopped somewhere on the way in. <laughs> Oh, shit. I've been waiting to start this episode so bad cause I, I because I'm really you... hungry. And I'm also intermittently fasting, so I haven't eaten anything all day. Oh, my God. Remember when we did the ASMR thing before? Oh, look at this floppy ass. <laughs> Can you imagine how sick it would be if your dick... Just never get harder than that. Was like... Never get harder than that. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying... Rant. Hold on. You see that? Imagine if that's what your dick was like, soft. All right, let's get into the ASMR section early. Are you sucking on it? <laughs> Gotta get in there, Jesse. <laughs> Are you sucking as you bite? I feel like, do you choke often? <laughs> What's your? That's the juices, man. What's your? What's your technique with mozzarella sticks? Wait, wait, listen. That was the sound of my dick hitting the table. Oh, wait, wait, wait! See the headphones off, right? Randy, you can't get the audio right without the headphones on. Randy! <laughs> Would you like some floppy dick watermelon? <laughs> but you wouldn't be mad if, like, when you got hard, like, that was the hardest you could get? You, could get? you can't put it in like that. No, you can't put it in. That's my thing. It would be tragic. I see. Hey, wait, hang on. That's get, better. <laughs> See, the smaller it is, the harder we get. Mm -hmm. <laughs> See? Yep. It's like an accurate representation. That's just... That's no, it's not. I'm kidding. That's just... I'm like easily half that size. <laughs> <laughs> I did bring you something today. What's that, Jesse? Because a white lady gave me, gave me this. Have you been talking to white people about me, Jesse? Yes. You know what? I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say it. I was thinking about dancing around it, but no, I'm just going to say it. But anyway, I was talking to a white lady about this and she gave me this. What this is, is a magazine that has no name because I think, I don't know if we're going to get in trouble or what, but there's something in here since all you're eating is fucking watermelon because you're a goddamn fucking psychopath is, um, we have... 30 days of watermelon. <laughs> That's amazing. What the fuck? How many different... Uh, that is a watermelon... What is that? A watermelon filled with ice? Who gives a shit? This has got to be the whitest and stupidest fucking thing. But it's watermelon. It has to be good for you. What kind of recipes are there? Let's see what we got here. 
Okay, well, immediately right off the bat, this is bullshit. Okay, a BLT, but it's a bacon, lettuce, and watermelon sandwich. That sounds ridiculous. You're right. Bacon, that lettuce, is, and watermelon. That, that sounds stupid. That's definitely the whitest I've ever heard about. Like, all of this is just somebody is like, they're reaching so hard to, like, be creative. Okay, you got spiced watermelon fries. Are <laughs> they hard or, like, are they, are they flaky like your shit? They they must be hard, dude. Are they crunchy watermelon? Grilled shrimp watermelon kebabs. I that's about the closest I'd go. But they got watermelon with herb salt. That okay. Why am I looking at this here? Take that and give me your perspective. I'm gonna keep slamming watermelon. I do like the watermelon with herb salt. Look at that. Look at that guy. Like a little pizza. I think we got a couple minutes till we record, right, Randy? Nice. Shit, we're fucking recording this whole time. Mm-hmm. We've been recording this whole damn time. Well, but everyone's gonna see me eat watermelon. <laughs> Let's see from the last episode. I'm sorry, Jesse. You're not getting blacker. Mm-mm. Not at all. Mm-mm. You're still pretty white. If anything, I think I'm getting whiter. <laughs> <laughs> but enough about me. Oh, we had uh, so we just had a film festival. Yeah, saw the forty-eight hour film festival. Shout out to Will Fisher. My team, we got a couple of awards for our film. Pretty fire, good. good Fuck best. yeah, man! I got best sound design because obviously I'm the best with sound. We know this. We know this. Oh, Jesse, we never told these people who the fuck we are. Didn't we? <laughs> Outside of did our I not names. scream it right at? <laughs> They don't know anything about us, man. They don't know anything about us. They don't know nothing about us. What are we? Tell them. Filmmaker, father. Yeah, that's about it. Filmmaker and father. And douchebag. Yeah, that's all I got. All right. Well. All right. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Together, though, we're the dumbest fucking guys. The dumbest the fucking guys in the room, and you all love it, and we love you. And if you don't love it, we love you anyway because we want to talk about why you don't love it. Yep. To be honest with you, man, like these past few days have been total fucking hell for me. Fuck. And I'm realizing, um, shit, dude. When you have to, it's really rare that you have to take like these really deep dives into yourself. And, um, you have to look back on behavior that, you know, you've had for like fucking as long as I can remember, dude. And you wonder about the, oh, I'm sorry, am I boring you? (laughs) (laughs) Can't clear my throat. (laughs) But like, you know, and it's like we were kind of mentioning before, I'm I'm still in the middle of a lot of things and I don't, you know, I don't want to say too much for certain shit, but it's, it's, these past few months have been, without a doubt, like, the hardest in my life. Um, I've lost a lot of friends. I've, you know, I've had to close a lot of caskets, go to a lot of those graves, and uh, touch a lot of those little boxes with my friend's ashes in them. You know, suicides, ODs, car accidents. I mean, you fucking name it, man. And, um, but there's something especially profound 
about grieving the loss of somebody who's still alive. Mm. And just trying to, oh, dude, it's such a unique type of pain, dude. I feel like it lasts longer. I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm fucking crazy right now because I'm like in the middle of it. But no, it's that's what happened with my mom. Like yeah. pretty much knowing just back in 2017 and for a good month or so, she was pretty much gone, but not gone until yeah. they finally pulled the plug or whatever. So definitely been there, bro. This shit is not fun. Yeah. It is intense as fuck the entire time. It's like, you know. Not only is she gone, but I think you and me might have mentioned this together, but not only is she gone, but um, I lost her family too. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I love them. They're my family, you know, and I, I brought them into my heart and made them, made a special place for them. And um, when you lose one, you lose all of them. And it's just, it's very different because like, I've lost a lot of friends. I've had a lot of friends die, but I've never had to like grieve somebody who's like still there and the loss of them and all the value that they gave made me feel, I don't, you know, I'm starting to recognize that they didn't give me value, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to realize that, but, um, they didn't give me value. Um, I put that value onto them and then placed it inside of me. And now that that's not there anymore, I'm having to try to find my own value again. Yeah. And I think what I'm having to face right now is I've never felt that, man. Why is so much of this podcast me crying already? But anyway, like, I don't think, man, I don't think I ever, I ever felt that. I don't, ever since I was a kid, ever since, you know, because when you're, when you're like little, you don't have those, those things going on in, in your brain yet. And then it's like, as soon as I hit puberty, it was like a switch was flipped. Yeah. And just, it's been so dark ever since. And I always put. I always put value in myself based on like the people I'm around. And when those people are gone, that value is gone. Mm -hmm. And it's so hard to find it again, you know? And dude, I had a really, I mean, things have just been so dark. My grandmother was just in the hospital. She finally got out yesterday. Thank fucking God. But We don't know, uh, you know, there's still a lot going on with that, but dude, I'll, I mean, shit, it's hard to even tell where to start with this whole thing. I would say, I guess we can go into the, the story that led us here. What brought us to getting these tattoos, um, and then what brought us to doing this podcast, um, 
because I think we can all relate, especially when it comes to grieving someone who you can see in this, in this life, you know, and you know they're right there, but you don't have access to them anymore. But you want it so bad. It's one of those stories that's so, so damn relatable across all ages, across just all spectrums of life and it's hard to pull yourself out of that shit. <clears throat> Even if you have a circle of friends around you trying to help. Um, so I think if we just start at the beginning. Man, I'm going to tell you, you know, with, with what you just said right there, um, and we'll go into this more later, but it's like, dude, if there's one good thing that I'm realizing from all of this, it's that there are so many good people in the world there are so many. If you find them, they're there. And it's kind of like what we were kind of talking about last time. It's like we have it geared in us right now to – it's like put in us to view everyone else as the enemy. Everyone's a stranger. You got to be, you know, nervous of strangers. Be wary of them. And I don't – man, I'm – I don't know. I'm starting to realize that's that's just really not the case and that's put into us and that, you know, you'll never convince me that majority of people in this world aren't good people and if they saw somebody that really needed help in that moment, they would go help. You know, I think most people would do that. Um, and it's been kind of shown to me recently because I mean, dude, I've, I've slipped so hard these past few months and gone into these really dark places and I was able to be sober for a while, but some shit was said to me and I just, I just completely fucking gave up. And it was even before we did that last podcast, I'd, I'd given up, but you know, these past few days got even worse with my grandmother being sick and yeah. watching her lay in her own shit and be uncomfortable and have this person texting me, attacking me the whole time, knowing goddamn fucking well where I was and what I was going through and still wanting to sling arrows and hurt me. And it was like, and now, you know, that sadness, if I'm being honest with you, that sadness is starting to turn into something else because I'm starting to realize it's like, fuck you, man. Yeah. Like, how are you going to sit, how are you going to keep making me out to be this horrible fucking person? And it's like, and you know what? I fucking let it happen, man. I let it happen because I put so much into what they were telling me that I started to fucking believe. I believed it for years and that I'm trying to emerge from that, you know, but it's like this whole, like, like I'm such a bad fucking person, but I'm like, I would never put you through what you're putting me through right now. And knowing that I'm sitting with my grandmother in the hospital, who, by the way, carried you as well for fucking 12 years and gave you everything, mm -hmm. everything that she could. And you're not even going to fucking ask how she's doing. And you know that I'm sitting there looking at her in a hospital room and you just keep attacking me with your fucking petty little. It's like, I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Why am I even like, why am I even being a. Like, why am I letting you do this to me? Right. And I mean, the other night, man, it just fucking slipped so hard, you know? But I mean, if we were going to, if we were going to honestly, if we were going to start from the top, 
of like where all of this is. I think a lot of it has to do with, I don't know, I don't know about you, man, but I think a lot of it has to do with unresolved, like childhood trauma that just kind of carries or it kind of sticks with you forever. Yeah. That's usually how that's usually where it starts for a lot of people. Yeah. I think a lot of this alcoholism, which I know is going to be probably a theme between us, but you know, and on this show, I think that's where a lot of it starts for us is because you, you find light in that mm-hmm. and you find happiness in that and everything goes away for a little while. And then you just lean on that forever and that becomes your crutch. And I mean, so I think, I think, you know, I think some bad shit happened when I was a kid and it was no, you know, not necessarily intentional and that mixed with the brain chemistry led me to, I mean, Jesus Christ, man, it wasn't just alcohol. It was fucking ecstasy, cocaine. It was, I I did everything that didn't have to be shot directly into my arm, you know, snorting heroin. I mean, did that like anything to escape? And I mean, like you put yourself in those circles too and you all lift each other up, but you're all fucking addicts at the same time and you're all all enabling each other at the same time. And I mean, I've just, I don't think I've ever gotten out of it. I think I'm, I I know for a fact I'm still here. I'm still sitting in it. Yeah. Um, And when it comes to like that childhood trauma, like for me, a lot of, like I, I'll be in therapist in therapy sessions talking about it too. There's a lot about my childhood I just don't remember. Like it's like a blank slate. As far as I'm concerned, I had a pretty decent. There's not any trauma that I can trace back to my childhood. But a lot of the things that I'm currently doing, even my therapist mentions it. It seems like there's something there that happened, or maybe something I saw, or whatever that maybe um, my brain is just blocking. But the manifestation of it is still showing it could be you know it's, it's showing through like alcoholism or all the things i've you know pretty much tried it didn't actually i tried to do and i still kind of like psychedelics a little bit but i got into that um trying to kind of get away from alcohol but that just kind of led to me doing that and alcohol at the same time um but i'm not gonna lie my tripping is fun as shit Oh yeah. I think everybody should trip mushrooms. <laughs> everybody should had, trip mushrooms hard as fuck at least once in their life, man. I did hard as fuck, but it was like with the, it was in the wrong environment. I think I was telling you about this before. It was a bad trip. My first time doing shrooms but doing too much. I usually or not knowing that different strands of shrooms have different potencies or whatever. So I did the same amount that I usually do, but with a different strand and with somebody who I've never done it with before. And Shit, man, I was out of my mind. I was scared as fuck. Were those the ones you got from me? Um, no, this was this was uh hers, I think. Yeah, Word. it was hers. Um, but Randy, cut that. I don't want them to know. <laughs> Randy, get off your phone. I'm kidding. You can be on your phone. This is depressing. You should probably be on your phone. In fact, Bro. Randy, just stay on your phone. I'll just scream at you when we need you. Huh? I haven't missed a cut. Huh? Nice. <laughs> Hell yeah, baby. God, he's I was the man. In, I was sitting in the bathroom for like an hour and a half. <laughs> I've been there, dude. <laughs> wait, wait, the bathroom was transforming the whole time. I was like, 
I'm talking to myself the entire like I, I honestly I'm saying I don't have I have no idea it could have been like 30 minutes it could have been longer than that shit I just know at some point I hear the screaming from her because he's trying to get in it's like well, you know one bathroom and that shit so she's trying to get in there and then like she's just yelling and shit so now she just sounds demonic as fuck and then the whole bathroom just I don't even know what bathroom I'm in anymore so I just walk out that bitch and I lay on the first thing I fucking see and she's like like uh, in a condo so it's like one bed or whatever and shit I was supposed to be on the couch. Nick, I, I'm fucking losing my fucking mind right now. I have no idea what the fuck is going on. She gets out of the bathroom, so I was yelling at me again to get off the damn bed and shit. So now I'm like, I'm fucking, I go to the she couch. She was yelling at you? yelling, just mad, pissed off. And you're off. both tripping? So apparently she wasn't tripping as hard, but I was out of my mind. But yeah, we were both doing shrooms. Oh, God. She was yelling. No, no one should be yelling on Bruh. shrooms. But the thing, the, the fucked up part about it was not fucked up. But what for me was was hilarious is the whole time I'm tripping, I thought she was tripping too, as hard as I was. So I'm like, oh, shit, we're both going to die. We're both trapped in this fucking loop. Oh, shit. And I'm like, she's like morphing. When I go to the other side of the room, she's like just transporting to different sides of the room. She ends up in front of me yelling at me and shit. And I'm just like, hold me. Hold me. <laughs> I need you. I, need, I love you. <laughs> I love you please i'm in the fetal position like andrew it's okay you're just tripping it's oh the you'll be getting it but six blah, blah, blah. just like going off the whole time everything like i literally felt i was trapped in hell bro it was yeah like, it was fucking crazy and then the cops came stop she, she it the cops, she called the cops oh, bro and at first i thought they came because like a neighbor because like there was yelling going on I was like maybe a neighbor called him and shit but the cops came but luckily they came once the trip started to fade out because if they came like 10 minutes earlier you would have been fucking. I think it would have been a wrap. I, th- I probably would have tried to move, run, fight, run. Some shit. Yeah, I probably would have got shot. Freak night. out! You probably would have ran. Yeah, yeah I probably would have got shot. And I would have. I'd run if I was tripping my balls off and the fucking cops got there. Be like, no, I'm still like, I'm still tripping, but it wasn't as bad when they got there. So I'm just like very confused. Hit up, I had to call the wife or whatever. Or so, like, I'm like, I need to call. I need to talk to her. Like, cause I'm like, I'm going to jail now and all this other shit. But she had called them, I guess to. I guess she thought like I was never going to leave or some shit, but like she wanted me to leave the house during the middle of the trip. And I'm just sitting there like, I was just whoever this person is. Fuck you. I can't like, move God right damn. now. Like I could only imagine if I did gather some sense to leave, what the fuck would have happened? I mean, seriously though, it's like, I get like, we're, that is, that is some bullshit dude to like try to, when someone's like clearly tripping Bro, to first of all, yell at them. You don't do that. That's not what you do to people. I think that it made tripping. it worse. It just got it. It got so intense and scary for me. I've yeah. never felt that kind of fear in my life, which I kind of liked. I guess when I started to think about it, as I started, I felt things I had never felt before, and I think that's the idea of what I like about the whole tripping experience. I start to it takes you out of the world, but also like more internally with shrooms. Anyway, you get just more internalized. You know, I'm over here thinking about my kids and my my wife and all that good stuff the whole all the entire time. It's like put put things in perspective. It made me realize I fear dying now. I, yeah. I used to never fear that shit. I used to be like, well, if I die, I die. But um, now I I can see through that experience. Like I really fear dying or I fear not being able to go back home to my family type shit. Right. So um, it brought that out. But like, yeah, it was just the wrong environment to to have a bad trip. Yeah. If you're gonna you, I need to be around people like you or somebody who would be like, yo, it's okay. Or just yeah. laughing, at me, or laughing at me. Dude, like, that's what me on. and my friends used to do. Like, okay, like, so we took a lot of ecstasy and a lot of mushrooms at the same time, oh, which is, by the way, the greatest combination ever. I shit you not. 
Like, especially when you're in your early 20s. I don't know about now. Right now, I'd probably freak the fuck out because I think I'm having a heart attack. But what we used to do in fucking Greenville all the fucking time is we had friends that sold ecstasy and they used to keep it at our house. And there would just be giant fucking bags of it. And we would, I mean, they look like fucking Skittles. It was one of the coolest things in the world, like just giant bags of colored pills. And the rule was we don't, we don't touch it. We let them do whatever they're going to do with it. But they give it to us for free all the fucking time. And so me and my friends and the neighbors, I mean, this whole apartment, like all we did for like, God, this was like 2008, maybe 2009. We just took ecstasy all the time. We would take it in the morning. We would take it at night. And we got so good at taking ecstasy, no one fucking knew we were on it. Like we, I would, I, and dude, I remember that there was a small part in my head that was like, this probably isn't good that you can take ecstasy or take a roll at fucking like nine in the morning and just continue about your day. That you know, like crazy. that's probably not that great, but the greatest combination ever was ecstasy and mushrooms because it brings it. So you get the, the rainbows from the ecstasy, you get the good feelings from the ecstasy, like you're vibing with everybody, but then you also get the shrooms with it. So then you're like tripping and you're like channeled in, you know, and dude, I swear to God, I could have written poetry. You know? <laughs> it's just so perfect. You're in bliss. I, I think I did tell you, bro. I was uh, tripping on mushrooms during the Rihanna Super Bowl performance, bro. And that was the greatest fucking Super Bowl I've ever seen in my life. That would have been pretty dope. I that was, was a good one, bro. I was, I, I was in the TV just laughing, crying because it was so beautiful. I have never seen anything that beautiful. You imagine, do, imagine tripping watching the Prince Super Bowl <laughs> when he's the playing Purple Rain. Purple Rain, and then it starts raining. You're like, this is the rapture. This is the rapture in this moment. Prince is God. <laughs> He's going to bring us all home, baby. But I did, as far as like, like I haven't done, like I think I might have done streams like maybe once after that experience or whatever. Um, but all that showed me was I'm still trying to find something to escape into or some kind of escape. We don't recommend doing this shit. Kids. 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 Do this shit. Twelve year olds go to your mom's purse. Oh my god. When she's taking a nap. Don't do that. I want you to root around in there for a little while. Don't okay? ever do that. You're gonna have to see some shit you don't want to see. Probably those giant fucking tampons she's got in there, and then you oh gotta wonder about how big her never mind. <laughs> go into that purse and I want you to fucking find a twenty dollar bill. Okay. And I want you to go buy some ecstasy with it. Don't do okay? it, kids. Don't do it. Don't do do it. they even make it? You, you can't do it anyway. I don't even know if they do ecstasy anymore. It's like Molly now. Is that even a thing? I Doesn't matter. Yeah, go know. buy drugs. <laughs> I want you to take that $20 bill and I want you to go buy drugs with it, okay? I want you to find, you know where to go. We all drive past those places. You're like, I'm pretty sure that's a rough spot. Whatever they got, <clears throat> it doesn't matter what it is, okay? It could be... um weed that's that's great that's a basic one you probably already smoke weed you're a 12 year old you probably already smoke pot so let's move on from that buy some cocaine okay buy some ecstasy and i want you to do it okay and then whatever you can't do bring it to me and i'll do it for you but no but seriously dude randy are we recording Good. (laughs) (laughs) 
No, but for real, if I'm going to tell you what we were just talking about with your experience with those shrooms, I was just the worst person in the world to fucking do them with. Because, dude, I was just telling you, like, me and my buddies, like, we used to fucking babysit each other. Like, I like day tripping because I like being outside and all the colors and you can see all the shit. But my buddies like tripping at night. So we would just go back and forth and, like, one of us would be a babysitter while the other one tripped their fucking balls off. And that one dude... That person would be the sober one would be the one that's like kind of like the gauge for the room that you could bounce your energy off of. Like, cause you could be like, all right, well, if they're cool, I'm cool. And everything that's like, I'm feeling right now, it's probably not actually happening because, you know, they're sitting there and they're, you know, they're packing bowls for like rolling blunts or whatever. So you can like chill out, bringing you water and just being nice to you, you know, and just making sure you're getting through it. Whoever the fuck that was you were dealing with, no, that person, you should have called the cops on her. <laughs> and you know what? You should have told 911. They'd be look, like, sir, man, is this an emergency? Not, yeah, it is. I'm, I'm tripping with the worst of, person ever. I'm not in the business of telling people how they should react to shit because like, if, if she was tripping, she could have been thinking that I was going to be doing, like I was doing some like random shit because I am like this random guy or whatever. But to, to your point, I should, I should have just done it with somebody that I've, I, I'm actually close with and who would understand that clearly that's not me. Like the shrooms yeah. are taking over. I think for her, it was less Well, she even asked me when I was leaving, like, why would you do that? I'm like, bro, I don't, I don't fucking know. The shrooms did that shit. The shrooms took over. But- I'm on mushrooms. <laughs> why were you doing I am like, when you take mushrooms, you're literally an insane person. Yeah. When I, you take I any would, psychedelics. That's the and, point is you're supposed to go out of your mind for a little bit. And I was, I was in what clear psychosis during that trip. So I'm not going to say, I'm not, I'm not going to be like, you know, what she should have, she not done. Like people, they can feel however they want to feel in that moment. And it, she could have called like her friends to be mad. I'd rather you call the cops, have them like score me out. Or maybe she could have been, I don't know, just honest with you, straightforward with you and been like, Andrew, you're freaking me out. You're yeah. freaking me out. And we could have had the conversation Yeah, you could have right you could have yeah. been there together, you know, but nah, you don't fucking call the law. Yeah, bro. I got to piss. They- I'm sorry. This has got to happen. <laughs> this has got to happen. This care. break is Don't brought to you by Tilta. Celsius. Celsius. Ah. Uh, God slammed in there. You want to? Yeah, quite a bit. I don't know. 20 minutes? No. We only got 20 minutes left. What? Yeah. Yeah, I had fun with shrooms. Have you ever done shrooms? I wasn't going to do it in Maryland when I went. My cousin. Ever done LSD? Ever done LSD? Uh-huh. Ever done LSD? I never did it. I did that when I did the boom pole shoot. My, uh, when I did the, the boom oh. pole. I was on, I was tripping on that shit. And this guy was trying to talk to me while I get my, like, trying to do business or whatever. And I was like, stop fucking talking to me, please. I'm tripping right now. <laughs> Bro, and I did it. LSD is like, it's fun. Mushrooms, they're cool, but they're like, you're, bro. Especially with my whole beef with like religion and shit. I might sit there, baby. <laughs> bro, when I tell you them shoes had me thinking I was in hell, bro, like, like, because it felt like I was on a loop. Like, she just kept transporting and trying to be yelling, then back to her bed. And I was just kept saying, huh? huh? Like, she was talking to me and shit, bro. I have never felt so out of body in my goddamn life. But LSD, though, that shit is bright. You feel energetic. But the come down lasts for like seven hours. And that shit's trash. 
The, yeah, everything gets colorful, bro. And like you're just happy as fuck. I was watching Black Mirror, the episode, uh, the social media, not social media. It was the joint where they rank themselves or whatever. And that shit was beautiful, bro. LSD. <laughs> oh, I, I need to find that strain. Bruh. Bruh, actually, there's this episode, I don't even watch All American and shit. But I was on Mushrooms watching that joint, and it was so sad. <laughs> I was so sad at the end of that episode. It was so crazy, bro. I'm telling you, Mushrooms bring out, some, they bring out some shit, man. And yeah. I do, yeah. I, I used to do it alone. She was the first time I did it just with somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but. It, I That's exactly it. what's gonna happen. Yeah. Bro. I dude. Last time I took shrooms, it wasn't even that long. I think it was I think it was January. I went really, really hard with it. And my wife was out of town and I just bought like a fuck ton of them. Because if I'm gonna buy drugs, I'm gonna buy a lot. <laughs> I'm gonna buy a lot all at once. That's the only way this works. If you're an adult. Kids, when you become an adult, I'm going to tell you something. The best way to buy drugs is to buy a lot of them all at once, okay? <laughs> Write that down in your little fucking crayon. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> but yeah, no, so I bought like a fuck ton of shrooms because, I mean, like it's, it's the cheapest way to get them. Like, fuck it. I'm just going to buy like a pound of them, you know? And my wife went out of town. She brought the dog. And uh, kind of, I just was like, fuck it. It was like Saturday morning. Perfect time to do shrooms, dude. I was smoking weed. I was watching SpongeBob. I had gotten a little bit of food on my belly. And I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to eat an eighth. Just an eighth. Nothing crazy. You know, you just grab get them down. And I used to think mushrooms were gross, but now I just think they taste like the earth. You know, like they just taste like dirt. You know, they're not that great. Because everyone's always like, oh, well, do you grind them? Do you mix them with things? I'm like, the ID. Tea is great. But the idea is to take these things like on an empty stomach because you're going to get the full fucking effect. So I was like, all right, I'm in, I'm in a pretty good place for these. And so I took an eighth. And then about however long, 45 minutes later, started tripping. And basically that just, I'll just say that escalated into me doing nothing but eating mushrooms for two days straight. And I ate like well over an ounce. What is wrong? Because I, I just didn't stop. And now that I'm saying it out loud, I'm realizing all these problems I have. Because <laughs> I like, I started with that eighth and I started feeling really good. I was listening to music. I'm bopping around the kitchen, the whole house. I was cleaning. I was listening to these great fucking songs. And I'm like, God, this is so great. You know what sounds great? More mushrooms. And dude, I did not stop for like two days. I was the only one in my house and I just kept eating mushrooms. Sounds like we're oh. chasing that high, man. It was it. great. Because eventually you get to a point where you, when you're on mushrooms and you're like tripping really hard that you you function very well on them and you realize like you can exist in that realm and still do everything that you need to do. Like I was talking to people on the phone. I was like, it got to a point where I think it was on Sunday. Like I started being able to like cook and I'm just tripping my balls off. And I'm just like, dude, I, I can do it. I can live like this, man. I could live. I, I could make this every single day if I wanted to. And I'm having great conversations with people. And they're like, oh, yeah, man. Because I'm like tuned in. That's what mushrooms do. They tune you in, you know. And I'm just like, I want to do this forever. 
But then I think I, I think what it was was work came on Monday morning or something like that. And when you've done nothing but eat mushrooms for two days and then all of a sudden you start coming down, you're like, oh, fuck. I might as well do Reality that. hits. But I love mushrooms. I love mushrooms so much. Psychedelics in general, I guess. You ever smoke DMT? No, nah, I want to try it though. I heard that shit just knocks you out basically for like 15 minutes. Dude, I'll tell you what. DMT takes you to... It, like, you're not here. Like, I've had people be like, oh, so can I, like, do, can, are you able to walk? I'm like, dude, not on good, DMT. Hell no. The first time I ever smoked DMT was, like, astounding shit. It was at a Grover Fest up in fucking somewhere near Mooresville up here. But um, it was really weird because I had, like, never heard of it before until that festival. And I was ready to eat ecstasy. I was ready to eat mushrooms, do blow, acid, all that shit, drink. I mean, you're out of, you're out of jam band, psychedelic festival. You know what you're getting into. One of my favorite parts of that festival is my dad went with me. And uh, I remember him being like, I'll drink. He's like, I'll smoke, but I'm not taking anything. And I was like, okay, that's fair. I'm going to take shit. He's like, that's fine. You do you. That's fine. That is white parents for you <laughs> for anyone out there that is the most white parent should have the very first person that offered him acid <laughs> he took it without hesitation at all we'd been there for like maybe 30 minutes <laughs> this is some white people said man it's totally it, it's rainy. <laughs> ain't no black if a household doing that shit bro my mom smacked me so hard so fast she, she come from the grave to be my oh ass. my god dude it was a, this fucking we get in there we each get a cup of beer like because we had gotten vip passes somehow i think we knew the promote somebody we knew somebody and so we didn't have to pay for a goddamn thing we got to go like drink out of the band kegs and shit so we got like we each got a beer we're watching a band and this lady walks up to us with an eyedropper and she just goes hey you want some some lsd and i was like of course you know, she just puts it on under my tongue and she looks at my dad. She was like, do you want some? And I was like, oh, he's going to say no. But he was like, okay, like immediately. And I was like, I thought you weren't going to do drugs. He was like, changed my mind. But dude, anyway, so that, that same night, dude, this was, this was such an, I mean, I couldn't do this anymore. Cause so you're just walking around eating drugs. Whoever gives you shit, you put it in you. You know, there's a joke there somewhere. I'm about to say, you don't have to, but also. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking, there's at one point, I think this guy, he was supposed to get me mushrooms. And I was waiting for him, waiting for him, waiting for him. And eventually he comes back and he was like, I'm sorry, dude, I couldn't find those. And I'm like, it's all right, man, don't worry about it. I think it were free anyway. So I was like, don't worry about it. That's cool, man. He goes, but I did get you this. And he holds out a bowl and there was like this kind of chunky white, hint of yellow if I remember right like shit on, t on top of a bowl and he, he he had a chair for me and I think that we were watching a band called Yesterday's Gravy which is a great band name but anyway we're watching this band and he sits me down and he goes I want you to sit right here don't get up and I want you to smoke this whole thing and I was like okay all right and I was like what is this and he was like it's DMT and I was like okay because I had seen one other guy earlier Never smoked DMT before, and he flipped the fuck out. And it kind of freaked me out because they were just offering it to people. And so I saw this dude, and he ripped it. And then all of a sudden, he's like, oh, God. And he laid down on the ground and started writhing. And like, and I'm like, oh, no. what the fuck? And so I was kind of nervous. But this guy, I mean, he just hands me a fucking bowl of DMT. And I'm like, are you okay over there, Randy? <laughs> Am I boring you, Randy? I'm kidding. I'm, I love you. You're the best. God, you're good at this. 
He's so handsome too. You oh see that God. smile? <laughs> oh you see that smile? Sorry, I took some ecstasy before I came in here. You handsome devils. But so this the guy fucking he hands me his bowl and I'm like, fuck it, I'm just gonna fucking smoke it. Dude, he goes, I need you to take a real big rip right on the first one, really hit it. And I was like, okay. And I fucking torched that fucking thing. And it tastes like fucking chemicals. Like it's nuts. He was like, he was like, I want you to hold it in as long as you can. And I was like, okay, fucking ripped it. And I just sat there for a second and I exhaled it. And it was like, I was in a fucking mix of like a plastic silverware factory with like rubber. It tasted like shit, you know? And as soon as that shit came out, all of a sudden, like a kaleidoscope, (laughs) it like just, it started forming in my vision. Like I'll never forget one light, next light, next light, next light. And I'm like, oh, thank God I was sitting down, dude. And you know, I knew it was coming because I watched that other guy freaking out. I'm like, oh God, here we go. But then that kaleidoscope, it was white and then it became colored. And then like all of a sudden I just, I felt myself, like the weirdest thing, felt myself like lift. I was gone. And they say that you talk to somebody else. Like they say you talk to God or whatever. Bro, that totally happened. I didn't think that was real, but it totally fucking happened. It blew my fucking, so I'm sitting there and all of a sudden like, I see like these weird things that kind of looked like trees, like they were rooted to the earth, but they were maneuvering kind of like this and dancing around. And I, I remember in that moment kind of being like, okay, these are, they gotta be people around me who are dancing to the music or something. But I mean, they look like they were like these psychedelic trees and I don't know, but there was this fucking man, this golden man, like just hovering, dude. It was the creepiest. No, it wasn't creepy. It wasn't creepy. Looking back on it, it was creepy. At the time, the cool thing about DMT is like, you feel very at home. Mm. Like I, I didn't feel scared. I didn't feel anything. I just felt like, I felt bliss. Actually, I felt really good. I wasn't scared. And this thing, there was, it was, you could kind of see arms, you could kind of see legs, you could see this form of something. And it was just hovering there and I could tell it was looking at me. And I got this feeling of being at home and it it didn't speak, but it gave me like this, I remember it said something to me, but it wasn't like verbally, it was very much like in our head. And uh, it said to me, it was like, don't be afraid of where you are. You're supposed to be here. You can come back here anytime you want. You're meant to be here. And I just remember like feeling this bliss and this love and just like, just enjoying it and just being there with all these things. They look like alien trees, dancer, and this, and this thing hovering there. One hit. That's all it was. And then all of a sudden, like the cool thing about DMT is it doesn't last long. So all of a sudden I start like coming back down and I start remembering where I was and I'm like, what the fuck was that? And so I fucking, I look down at the fucking bowl and there's only one corner gone. Like I only torched the corner. I'm like, oh, so I ripped it again hard as fuck. The whole thing happened again. But that golden, whatever white golden light man thing, he didn't talk to me after that, but I could feel like he was there to just let me know. He was like, you're home. You're good. You're in a good spot. You're supposed to be here. And dude, ever since then, I've always wondered, I'm like, what was that? Was that like, is that just the product of the drugs or like, did I actually go somewhere? Right. 
you know, because everybody describes that. Everyone describes talking to like God or seeing aliens or being around these people. And I'm like, I don't know if I believe in that, but I definitely saw that too. It was a fucking trip, bro. Kids, $20 out of your mom's purse. DMT is very cheap. Don't do it. Don't do it, kids. Drugs are fun. No, don't do drugs. Drugs make you cool. Oh. Look at Randy. Randy literally just went. <laughs> I'm not about to wear my dare shirt. <laughs> Hell yeah. Dare to do more drugs. <laughs> All right. Um, shoot. Let's double back. <laughs> Real quick. We don't have much. because uh, I have nothing quick. left to live for. I don't give a shit. I hope every child in America does cocaine tomorrow. No. No, sir. Except no, sir. for yours. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Did you want to go into any specifics about what you've kind of... The other day? The other day. Yeah. Yeah, why not, man? Because it's it's still fresh. Um, I feel really low energy because of... I mean, it was, it was bad. It was really bad. Um, kind of hit rock bottom pretty hard. I know you and me have been <clears throat> doing better about sobriety and stuff like that but i uh i slipped real hard the other night um i guess it is it's this weird where it started's kind of weird because it started with something really great and i think that when you have something really good happen um the back half of it can be treacherous because the bottom falls out and i was sober for like this this good shit so my band got to open for King Parrot and Weed Eater. And those are some of my favorite bands. And I've known all those guys for a long time. And it just, you know, I've seen them and we've hung out. and But I've never got to open for them. I never got to be like on the same bill as them. I never got to see my band's name listed with theirs. And I mean, it was like a packed out house. It was great, dude. And it was, su- it was such a great time. And I didn't, I didn't drink, smoked a lot of weed, but I didn't drink. Um, and this person was there. She also came, which I'm very confused as to why, because I think she knew it was going to tear me down to have her there. Um, whatever. And uh, got through that. That was totally fine. Had a great night. My sister was there. I had friends from high school. I had such a group of support lifting me up because they knew what I was going through. And they knew how much this show meant to me. So they all came, like an army of people came for for me. And I I felt, you know, and I still, it felt so good, man. I felt so loved. And in that, you know, that time, like it was like the clouds kind of parted and, you know, everything was cool again. And I was, I felt, felt like I, like I belong and I had people that cared about me. We, everyone was hugging. Like it was a very, it was a very loving thing. And uh, I felt great. And the next day after that, I got a text from that person who, looking back on it, I'm sure that it was intended to hurt me because they saw me having such a good time 
ignoring them. I mean, I had a great time, dude. When King Parrot was playing, I was up front the whole time. The lead singer got off stage and danced with me. We did like a ballroom dance thing. <laughs> I'll send you the video. It's fucking good. Great pictures from that night. I mean, me and my sister know the words. And I mean, they're putting the mic out, you know. I mean, and I know she saw that. And I think what happened was she saw me having such a good time that it pissed her off. And the next day, she starts sending me these fucking texts. And uh, it just, it started to fucking spiral. She, uh, I don't know. I don't even know if I want to say what the fucking texts are, but they were cryptic and they were baiting. And I knew they were. You know how when somebody texts you very short little things and they're, they're not elaborate, very cryptic. Yeah, and they you want are. you to like... Yeah. And it totally worked, dude. And I had all my support, you know, all these people who I, I wear this on my, on my, on my sleeves, man. I'm very open about this kind of thing because I'm not strong enough to deal with this by myself. So I need other people to be there and like, you know, give me advice and yeah. tell me their perspective on it because I don't trust mine. I don't trust me. I don't trust what happens in here. I, I just, I need to show other people these things. So I showed other people these texts that were being sent to me and they were telling me what they think it meant, how I should respond. And, you know, I'm kind of taking all these notes and it took me a while to like get back with her. And um, my grandmother was also in the hospital. And I mean, at this time, it was really, really, really stressful because the communication between doctors was fucking garbage. She was in there for like five days with zero answers, just shitting on herself, feeling like shit. And, and I mean, seeing that, you know, I mean, it, it, it sucks and it really fucking tears you down. Ugh. It's just this really fucking dark place. And I, um, I was weak and I texted this person. I was like, please play, please pray for my grandmother. She loves you very much. And she's very sick right now. She's in the hospital and she completely fucking ignored it. Didn't say a fucking word. And I'm, I'll never forget this, man. I'm looking at my grandmother who's waiting for a fucking nurse to come in because she's been laying in her own shit for 20 minutes. And I'm like getting fucking pissed because I'm like, I can fucking hear you people out there talking. Someone come in here and clean up my grandmother and give me the shit to do it. Yeah. Like because she's laying in her own mess right now and she's very fucking uncomfortable. So quit with your fucking like get in someone get in here. And she fucking texts me. And I told her this. I told her where I was and what I was doing. And she fucking texts me. And she's like, she's just attacking me, man. She's like, this is like, this is it. It's done. I need you to understand. It's over. This is the divorce date. And I'm like, and I'm looking at my grandmother and I see just, I don't know what it was. It was just this like, I could see she was uncomfortable and (sighs) 
I just like gave up. I just completely gave up in that moment. I was like, nothing. I'm in a nightmare. I'm never going to wake up. And I need to get the fuck out of here. I can't do this anymore. And um, luckily, for the past few hours before that, it was just me and my grandmother. And we had like a really good talk. And we vented about a lot of things. And I started getting these texts. And it was like this really weird timing because my mom and her family, the rest of the her husband came in and and I wanted to hang out longer, but I, I like, she got her hooks in me really hard and I could feel her pulling me down and I'm just like, I can't fucking do this. So I told my mom, she was like, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm really not. I was like, I need to go. And she's like, what's wrong? And I was like, she just fucking texted me and it's working. She's fucking with me and it's working. And, um, I, uh, left the hospital trying not to fucking cry like a little bitch the whole way out. It's like a fucking labyrinth getting out of there, you know? And I get in my car and I knew that when I got back to the house that I was going to be the, I knew I was going to be the only one there. And dude, I've been dealing with suicidal ideation my whole life. There's not a single, ever since I hit puberty, there's not a single fucking day I don't think about it. It's just what days... It's just a intrusive thought and what days are making plans. And, uh, man, I was, I was fucking certain. I was like, this is it. I was like, I can't do this. I can't keep going. Like looking at my grandmother there mm-hmm. and just been not sleeping, not eating, like, I, I don't think I've slept more than, like, four hours a night for months because as soon as I wake up, everything comes back, and I just can't go back to sleep. So I'm not sleeping. I'm not eating. And I'm on my way back to the house, and I'm like, I can't do this. This is fucking it, man. It's just got to be over. And you know what the shittiest part is? Is I'm, like, in my head, and I'm like, everyone will be okay eventually. Like, I can't do this anymore. And I, f- I felt so bad about that, but I was like, it was this weird, almost like comfort that I was like, everyone will be okay. And I sat in the driveway for like 20 minutes because I think part of me was fucking terrified about what was going to happen when I walked in that house. And I was like, fuck it, I'm going to get absolutely hammered because I'm going to be dead in a couple hours, so I don't give a shit. And I knew I wasn't going to eat I was like, I'm just going to go in there and I'm going to get violently drunk and I'm going to listen to music. And that's exactly what I did. And I started texting people that I cared about. You know, I wouldn't, you know, not telling them anything because I'm afraid people are going to call 911 or something. So I'm just letting people know how much they mean to me and everything they've done, how grateful I am. I wrote a note from my sister. I'm just sitting there fucking getting hammered, listening to Pink Floyd. And because I knew, I was like, this is it, man. This is fucking done. I can't take anymore. 
And I texted my mom and I was like, please let me know when you're coming home because I didn't want them to like yeah. walk in and see me like, like that. I just needed to get the timing. I needed to get the timeline. Right. And, uh, they didn't fucking text me. So all of a sudden they walk in the door as I'm like drunk as shit in the kitchen, listening to one of the most depressing Pink Floyd songs. And, uh, you know, they asked if I was okay. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. You know, I'm trying to avoid them and shit. And my mom went upstairs with her husband and I yelled up to her. I was like, I was like, mom. And she looked down and she was like, yeah. And I was like, I'm not okay. Cause I fucking, I knew I had to have that. Me and her have had a lot of turmoil in my life and I knew that I needed to clear the air with her before I was going to do this. Like I, so me and her sat outside for a while and we just held hands and I told her that I, you know, I was sorry for everything that we had been through Mm -hmm. and I'm sorry for the judgment that I placed on her because when she had me, she was really young and I think she was just doing her best the whole time. And we sat out there for a little while. And when she went inside, I told her, I was like, I want you to please remember everything we talked about tonight. Mm-hmm. Cause I knew it was, it was, it was getting, it was getting to be time. And, um, she went upstairs, she went to bed and I, um, went as long as I could writing the note to my sister kept drinking. And I mean, like, dude, I was like hallucinating. Like it was bad. Cause I hadn't eaten for, I don't even, I didn't eat that day. I don't remember yeah. if I ate the day before and I was doing blow and I was just drinking, drinking, drinking. I was texting a friend. Thank God for that friend, by the way, because if I wasn't talking to them the whole time, this would have been way worse, but uh, I was hallucinating. I was seeing I thought I was seeing people because I kept like seeing things like people walking behind me and then people there and I'm texting her the whole time and I'm like, I'm seeing shit. I started to hear shit. Like I started to hear, like it was the weirdest. I started to hear like birds chirping and shit. And in my brain at the time, I was like, all right, you're here. It's time. That's what this is. And, uh, You know, if this ever gets released, I, you know, if my parents are listening to this or Kelsey or anything, you guys should probably skip this part because it's going to get, it gets bad. Um, And I knew, I was like, this is it. Like I was starting to get sleepy. I was drunk. I was hallucinating. And I'm like, it's time. And fuck. So I went upstairs and I went into the room that I'm staying in and in the closet, there's an AR-15 and I got plenty of fucking ammo for it. I, I just, it was fucking done, man. I went in there 
and I put the magazine into it and it occurred to me that I can't do that in there because it's going to ruin the room. Like, you know, it's going to be everywhere and I can't do that to them. So I pulled, cause I'm a fucking genius. Um, I pulled two pillowcases off the bed and I, um, put one inside the other and I went into the closet I locked the door. I left the note to my sister. And I sat there on the floor. And it started getting like kind of, you know, you're in a closet. and It started getting like kind of stuffy. And I was like, all right, man. And I put these fucking bags on my head. And the first thing that hit me was how hot it was in those bags and how hard to breathe it was. And so I chambered a fucking round. And I put that shit in my mouth and, on the, and I, I felt it scratch the roof of my mouth and I felt like such a fucking kid again because I was like, ow. And I remember in that moment being like, ow, you were about to shoot yourself in the fucking head. Who cares? Mm -hmm. Oh God, it was so fucking profound, man. It was such a weird dark and I just kept thinking I kept being like please some something save me I was like if there's anything out there I need it right now and I fucking clicked that fucking safety off and I remember sitting there for a second and just being like all right man this is it and it was so fucking weird dude it was like all of a sudden this loud I don't know what it was feeling or people call it. I don't know. I have no idea. God, if it was my dead friends, I don't know what it was, but there was something like right there in that moment before I put that finger down, everything inside of me was like, no. And it was like this moment of fear and like panic. And it was just so loud. It was like a bang all at once, man. And I fucking just threw it down and I got terrified I'm like, fuck, fuck, fuck. And I like took the bags off my head and I fucking ran out of the room. And I was just like, oh my God, dude. And thank God I had that person on my phone because I was like, if I tell you to call 911, I need you to send them here because I knew it was going to be loud. Yeah. And I knew the doors were, and I, and I knew my mom was going to panic because I knew she knew exactly what was happening if she had heard that because she was asleep in the next room. But there was something so loud in that moment, and I don't know what it was, but it fucking threw me out of that fucking closet. It sounds like it saved you from that fucking closet. I think. But I don't know what the fuck that was, dude, but I've never, you know, like I said, I've dealt with this shit my whole fucking life. I've never come that close before. And I don't, man, there was a really good chance I wasn't going to be sitting here in front of you, man. And I still don't know what to do with that. I don't know what to do about that. I mean, of course, there's... There's not much that anyone outside of yourself can say as far as what how to interpret that, but the way 
I hear, and I think I told you this yesterday or today. What matters is whatever happened in that closet, you're still here. You survived whatever. What was you? You survived what was going on. And not only did you survive, something higher than yourself, it seems like, pulled you out of that that moment, that space. And I might not be religious or anything like that, but I do believe in connecting to a higher power. And I think that's, I don't know. I mean, of course, it's going to be something that you're going to. put a name or a face to it you'll figure out but that's definitely to me that's the higher power you ask for somebody to save you and i think somebody and i think i think something did and i also think you know you might call it weakness but i see everything you've just experienced as a indicator of strength because it's you're still here and You have that. You have you have way more power than you're giving yourself credit for. And I'm happy you're still here, Jesse. I know. I love you, dog. Love you too, man. And I know your your family, your sister, friends, they're happy you're still here. Part of the reason I wanted to um talk about this today is because um I'm hoping, like, I don't know what's going to happen with what we're using or what we're going to use, what we're not going to use. But I'm hoping that this is, like, the start of something and I can look back on this one day and I can see where I, where I am right now and how I really do think this is rock bottom for me. I've been to some dark places, but I've never been to one like this before. And I'm hoping that someday I can look back at this, at this, when I'm, I've never, I haven't told anybody that until right now. And I was just like, I need to say this because I hope someday I can look back on right now on this moment on what we, what I just said to you and think of that as the start of something, hopefully a lot better than not what it was a couple nights ago where I knew it was the end. It's like, I'm hoping this is just the beginning and that I hope someday I God, I hope someday I can look back at this right here and be like, I've built so much since because right now it feels like everything's falling apart and it's hard to think that it's ever going to get better, but I need to do this as like accountability whatever, just hopefully I can look back and be like, all right, man, this is where you were. You're not here anymore. Not there anymore. And just so we can wrap this, this session up, what is the last thing you want to say to anybody else who's experiencing their rock bottom right now, since you're in it, in the middle of it, what do you want to tell them to help pull, well, yeah, what do you want to tell them? Think that I'm, if I could tell anybody else that feels this right now, it's I'm, I'm with you. 
we're here together. I know what it's like. It hurts. It hurts so fucking bad. There's nothing like it, but I'm with you. We're here together. And that, I'm not going to fucking tell you. I'm not going to fucking tell you that to think about anybody else. I'm not going to tell you about your family. I'm not going to tell you about your friends or anything because I know what it's like in that moment. And you know what? That guilt, like that doesn't, that doesn't do anything because at a certain point you just let that go and you're like, I'm sorry, I can't keep doing this. I can't keep going. Like I wrote that in the, in the note to my sister. I was like, there's nothing you could have done. You've saved me every day since you were born. I can't keep doing this, and I'm sorry. So if I could say anything to anybody that's going through this, I guess it would just be, it's kind of cliche, but it's true. It's, it's like you're not alone, dude. You're not alone. I'm with you. And we can both go through hell together. You can come over. You can have, we can share my food. We can share what it, what's mine is yours. You need anything, you can have you can have anything that I have to give. And it's like I don't even after all this, I don't even want to tell people not to fucking do it. It's like cause I fucking get it. I fucking get it. And at a certain point it doesn't fucking matter if anyone's telling you not to do it anymore. And it doesn't matter. None of it matters. You just can't keep it you just can't keep going. It's just, it's done. But you feel so alone in that moment. And it's just, I would just want them to know they're not alone. And I know it fucking sucks. And it's hell. But hopefully we can not let it defeat us. Because it would be so much fucking better to not and just keep going and just to just with that each and every day that you continue to move forward that you continue to work through what you're going through is another day you survived and that means it's another day you've pushed yourself beyond limits that you thought you didn't have there's strength in every single day that you are living and the strength every single time that you choose to live. There's strength in feeling vulnerable. There's strength in these, these, like Jesse said, there is no, you shouldn't do this. You can't do that or it would hurt your friend. Because then, like, like you said, in that moment, it doesn't matter. But Jesse has your back. I have your back. You, none of you are alone. Um, and then every single day that you're alive is a day that you can be a blessing to someone else, a blessing to yourself, and another day that you survived. And I need, I want that to be a, uh, you're choosing every day to give life to yourself. Don't forget that. And with that, we wrapping it. Yeah. Dumbest guys in the room. Dumbest guys in the room. Till next time. I'm Andrew. I'm Jesse. Love you, buddy. And this is Black Randy. <laughs> is <out>. he black? <laughs> we don't know, actually. He's kind of mixed. We appreciate you letting us stay a little longer. You know.
I'm glad you didn't cut him off during the story. That would have been rude as hell. Boop. That would have been. <laughs> <laughs> and we're done. All right, guys.